You are listening to Give Grief a Chance, and I'm your host and advanced grief recovery specialist, Diane Morgan. And these podcasts are all about bringing grief awareness out into the world, because even today, my friends, grief is hidden and it's tucked away. So come along and join me on this journey. Let's start to bring grief out into the open and maybe you'll be brave enough to give your grief a voice. This is episode 137. Hello to all of my lovely podcast listeners and welcome to this week's episode. I hope that you're all doing well And as always, I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who takes the time to listen to these podcasts. So this week, I'm going to be talking about be careful not to minimise anyone's grief. Now, at times, it can be really hard to find the right words to say to a person who's grieving. But most of the time, It's not what you say that's most helpful, but what you do. And sometimes the best thing you can do for a person is listen. And when it comes to grief support, words can either heal and connect us or they can shut the griever down and it can hurt them. Unfortunately, one of the most common and separating parts of grief is the fact that the people who are around a grieving person quite often tend to make comparisons in attempt to help the griever feel better. I mean, how often have you heard someone say to a person whose loved one has died, oh, don't feel bad, he's in a better place now. Maybe that's true for the person who's been struggling through a painful illness and has died, but not so for the person who is still living and grieving. I understand that, you know, people really mean well, but sometimes those people choose the wrong things to say and they assume. You see, It's when the emotional reality of a person who is no longer living is delivered in such a way that it actually minimises the sad and painful emotions of the person who's still alive. I'll bet you've heard someone say something like, God will never give you more than you can handle. She's in a better place now. Or... Just be happy he isn't in any more pain. Those statements are all well-intentioned, but no matter how much pain the person was in, the griever would probably rather have their loved one with them. See, loss is experienced at 100% and there are no half-grievers. But the fact that grief is experienced at 100% doesn't mean that all grief is experienced at the same level of emotional intensity. And comparison of feelings is confusing for the griever, even though it's intended to be soothing and helpful. 
most of the time it's not. I mean, let's face it, no one wants to watch the people they love hurt. All as they usually want to do is make the pain go away. They want to say something to comfort you and distract you from the pain you feel. And the majority of people just want to fix it. But you see, much of how we deal with our emotional grief comes to us from the unfortunate lessons of comparison. I mean, have you heard that ancient proverb? I was unhappy about having no shoes until I met the man who had no feet. And if you use that as a metaphor, then you'll probably believe that in any group of people, there could be only one griever, and that's the one with the most losses. Let's say that you're in a group and somebody's mother has died and the next person has both their mother and father die and someone else has his mother, father and brother die and then the next person has mother, father, brother and child. I think you get the point. This will lead you to think that there's only one true griever in the group and that's the one with the longest list of losses. See, that's what comparing does. Since only my mother died, then I shouldn't feel bad because your mother and your father died. Therefore, your larger grief trumps my smaller one. And it's sad and it's wrong. And as I said earlier, all grief is experienced at 100% and there are no exceptions. Now, when someone meaningful to you dies, the grief you feel will be based on lots of different factors. Most people who've had a bad relationship with someone who should have been a loved one are often left with a lot of undelivered emotional com communications. And do you know that there are 40 plus different life events that produce feelings of grief. So it's important to remember that each of these losses can have the exact same effect on us as death. I mean, we often refer to divorce as the death of a romantic relationship. You see, your emotions are about your uniqueness and, you, and the uniqueness of your relationship with that person, place or thing. But when well-meaning friends make comments that they think will help, comparison will often wind up hurting. Now, one of the more saddening examples where comparison can actually devastate the griever is when someone has experienced the loss of a child. Almost in Inevitably, they'll hear this question, do you have any other children? And if that answer is yes, then they soon learn that the question leads to a comment of, oh, well, don't feel bad, at least you have other children. Or if they're young, they might hear, oh, don't feel bad, you can always have more. And there lies the problem, because comments like those implies that the child who's died is irrelevant 
because of the existence of the other child or children, or because they're young and they're able to have more. Of course, we know that that's not what the person means when they say it, but those broken-hearted parents hear that comment exactly as it's stated. I mean, think about the first part of the comment, which was, don't feel bad. Don't you think that's an odd thing to say to someone whose child has just died? I mean, if ever there's a time when feeling bad makes complete and utter sense, don't you think it might be the death of a child or any other loved one for that matter? The bottom line is simple, that the emotional pain is unique to each and every griever and to the relationship they had with the person who died. It is not helpful to minimise people's grief with the statements of comparison. Honour your friends and family members by allowing them to communicate the depth of their emotional reaction to their losses without any implications that they shouldn't feel sad as they do. And no matter what anyone else has been through, their grief is their own to be felt and dealt with in their own way. And the actions that you take are individual to you. If we can honour all loss as valid, and by the way, all loss is valid, and if we don't compare, then we're already making things better for everyone. So if you're living with an overwhelming amount of emotional pain of loss and you feel like it's time for you to take action, if you are ready to rediscover your life after loss, then please schedule a complimentary call with me and let's see if my programs and services are right for you. Okay, you lovely people. That is it for this week's podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it and that it was helpful for you. If you'd like to find out more about my services and programs, then please visit my website, givegriefachance.com. There you can drop me an email, ask a question or share your story via voice message and I'll be happy to play it on the podcast. And while you're over there, why don't you check out my free gifts to you? There's a guided meditation to help you sleep, a grief recovery ebook with 61 tips on the experience of grief and how to move through it, plus my fillable grief worksheets, which will help you to process your memories, thoughts and emotions. So please feel free to use them. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate it, like it and share it. And if you feel like it, come and join me on Instagram at Give Grief a Chance Coach. And last but not least, I'd like to invite any women who might be struggling with their grief to come and join us in a safe and nurturing group on Facebook. It's called Life After Loss with Diane Morgan. And I would be honoured if you would come and join us and give your grief a voice. Okay, my friends, take good care and have a wonderful week. <laughs>